Welcome to the Design Alchemy podcast, where we look behind the veil of the design industry. I'm Billy. And I'm Dimi, and we will be discussing and deconstructing the great work of visual communication and symbolism, and how they affect our culture. Okay, um, so Billy, tell us about yourself. Well, 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 I'm, um, I mean, it feels a bit cliche starting with the nationality, but maybe just get that other way. So I'm a Swedish man these days, not a young man anymore, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a child of two advertising parents. They ran an advertising agency when I was a child. So I kind of grew up with putting, you know, little Star Wars toys in the Xerox machine and blowing them up on A3 and making collages. And I have vivid memories of the colorful kind of G7 Max with the, with the colorful plastic sides and all that stuff. Uh, so I kind of grew up very much in that environment. My dad is the art director and my mom was kind of the graphic designer. So I kind of have it in me. Then I have a long and kind of a very interdisciplinary and, and a multi, multifaceted background in design where I've studied uh, graphic design and advertising at product design from the more traditional sense. I have a bachelor's degree in product design. And then I had a career in fashion design as a menswear designer. Uh, so I'm fundamentally interested in that still, even though I've left that industry. And I'm currently working as a UX UI designer here in, in London, where we are hailing from today. Amazing. And uh, How about you? Tell us, tell us about you, Dean. Okay, so um, my name is Dimi. I'm originally Greek, so I live in London as well. So neither of us is an, an actual Londoner, but we still are in, in some uh, way or form. I feel very much at home. Uh, I design brand identities. Um, I have been working in design in many, many roles as well. Um, most of my first steps, especially back in Greece, were in digital design that uh, were really challenging for me. Like I didn't, um, it was a thing that I was always good at, but I never really enjoyed. I, I really wanted to to focus on brand identity. So eventually after, after a couple of jobs, both in uh, in Greece and here in the UK, I decided to start my own business. Um, last year, um, I started focusing so much on uh, symbolism and semiotics uh, that my own business had a big rebrand around that. And uh, now this is what keeps me uh, awake uh, most of the day, like um, um, digging digging into this uh, this field and discipline i would say um so yeah it's a it's a great opportunity to to have conversations uh i know i know we have a good uh chemistry in developing uh, a nice um healthy and warm debate i would say Definitely. Uh, so it's uh it's pretty much a high respect but gloves off uh type of uh, conversation yeah. that people can expect yeah. Yeah, and I'm really glad you brought up the the, the religious uh, kind of, kind of the, the, the symbolic part. I mean, what worth mentioning is we both have a huge interest in that. I mean, I forgot to mention I have an unfinished kind of uh, little trail in 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 religious history in from Stockholm University, where which I studied for a couple of semesters, but I kind of jumped off that you might get the sense I'm, I'm, <laughs> I like I like a lot of things and I have too little time. Um, but but yes, and and the, the esoteric and we both have you know so we might return or might we probably will return to these these topics and, and look at things from a symbolic and kind of weave in the, these type of topics in, into whatever we're discussing. So 
yeah yeah absolutely and me myself uh, i'm 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 not a um I'm not a linguist, but I speak many languages and linguistics I find fascinating. Um, and uh, I, I think especially um, there is the, there's a certain way that uh, words uh, as symbols like resonate to us and stories and stories do as well. Uh, so I think, I think there's, there's ample um, perspectives that we could uh, look at things uh, from. Very much. One of the first topics that uh, have uh, have been interesting to to us when we were discussing this was uh, the idea of uh, the democratization of uh, of design tools. So, um, Billy, you you brought it up. So, what what did you have in mind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I had a lot of things in mind actually, but one, what, I mean, some kind of pattern that I've been seeing over and over again is is that, you know, and also you know, comparing with when my parents ran an advertising agency and you know, Photoshop and before that, Quark Express, these softwares were really, really expensive. Only a very, very few people work. I mean, industry pros had access to them because they were so expensive. The same thing goes for hardware as well. So both I see both software and hardware has kind of enabled this. What we what we kind of coined the democratization of design tools. Uh, and, and you compare that today where, where, you know, hardware is a lot more affordable, both, both Mac and PC, different price points there, but, uh, and, and give add to that, you know, you can get a free trial on, 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 on Adobe. You can, you can get it in other uh, less legal ways, you could call it, uh, which a lot of people do, to torrents and whatnot. Uh, not that I encourage that in, in, in any way or form. I'm a subscriber myself. But um, then you have, you know, you can get a free trial on Figma. Uh, Sketch is relatively, relatively um, affordable. So, so I, I see this, something has happened where, where, where the doors have opened up to, 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 to design tools um, but what's happened is that, uh, I mean, and that's great. I, I mean, we both agree. That's great. That's the, we had a longer discussion where we kind of talked about that. And I do believe it's for the bigger good. I mean, more perspectives, more brains working with design all over the globe from different cultures. I think, I think that's super good. Um, the, the thing I'm seeing as the kind of next step of the democratization process is that the, the people who, who kind of feel like they are still the kind of gatekeepers or the guardians of the kind of design or good design or, or a good taste. And, and these things are always not so happy. So if you, if you look at a lot of, I'm a member of a lot of Facebook groups um, for, for UX, UI or branding or logo. And a lot of people from more developing nations, I mean, India, Bangladesh, uh, you know, different, different places around the world, Malaysia, Indonesia, um, who may might have just gotten their hands on design tools and they're really keen, really eager to do stuff. And they, they, they put it out there and there's this disconnect with where designers from, from the West who, who, who have received something more about maybe formal design education and they've been in the kind of more other echelons of the design industry. We can return to that, what that means. But, and it, it's kind of this, what I see at least, I'm, maybe not everyone, but they're just, just, it's a little bit frowned upon that these, these people now who has access to these tools and are essentially doing somewhat the same work, not in the same way, but their, their, their output is, is they're, they're making interfaces or logos or, or branding. And it's a little bit frowned upon when they ask for feedback, like, Rate, rate my design or things like that. Then, well, well I'll, I'll pass over the ball to you, Dems. But I think what, what, what we kind of agreed on is that it's 
partly due to education and, and, and the fact that a lot of these more emerging designers or who, who have just, who have just received the, the, the kind of the tools of, of a design as in software, uh, they, they don't have the, uh, I mean, we, 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 at least we, we, we propose this hypothesis that this probably has to do with that. It's, it's a lack of design education in, in the, in these, in these countries in, 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 in the sense that the kind of deeper, uh, deeper essence of, of what makes good design and b- b- besides just the hardware or sorry, software output. And I, I, I think you can, you can elaborate a little bit more on that. Yeah, I, I, I think, um, I think I have a few points uh, to to do in this. Um, first of all, thank you for introducing. That's a long intro, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> oh no, no, this is this is it. Like introducing the topic to our listeners. I think I think the main uh, the main point I w- want to stand on, uh, especially from a personal experience. First of all, is that um, sometimes uh, sometimes access to um, to creative output and production is the first step um, for people to get a formal education. I know, yeah. um, I know. I was studying. I was studying mathematics. I never had an expectation of being in design. I felt, I, I felt creative um, in a time, uh, in a time, in a place where uh, going into a STEM field like uh, mathematics was much more socially acceptable. And when I say socially acceptable, I mean mo- both both in my peers, in my school and in my family, like I wouldn't be able to suggest that I would become uh, a graphics designer when I was 17, um, even though I have very loving parents and all that, like it, it wasn't, ju- it just wasn't an option when, mm. when you had an opportunity to study mathematics, when you had the scores and grades to, uh, to do something um, uh, in quotes, better. Uh, right. I mean, you you mean in the sense of it's not a real career kind of kind of thing, or? Well, I, I think I, I think my my parents wouldn't wouldn't reach that. Uh, I, but I would say um, they would think it's a much riskier career. It, it's not really like uh, seeing seeing about um, high unemployment of mathematicians um, that actually actually got the degree I was aiming for. Um, so that's that's also um, yeah, that's interesting kind of gener- generational probably question there. I mean, what, what what's perceived as yeah yeah. And and really short sighted. I I do remember. Um, I don't want to go on a tangent, uh, but when I was uh, when I was. Um, uh, 17 um, applying for schools. Basically, there was a huge shortage on education, uh, on the education field in general, but um, that was expected to be filled in, in the next four or five years, so it wouldn't make much of a difference for us. But anyway, uh, this um, this aside, like I, I think if I didn't have the opportunity to actually uh, play with tools like that. I, I do remember a pirated version of Photoshop from uh, you know, 2005 or something like that. Mm. Uh, so I, I do remember that if, if I didn't have any, any access to that, I wouldn't be interested in pursuing a career in design, mm. uh, pursuing studies in design because I did 
um, I, I was interested enough. I, I had played with it enough, so I knew that this might be a better opportunity for me. Uh, so this made me decide to go have an education. So I, I do think access... Right. Uh, right. The tool is kind of the gateway in itself to, to the, so to speak. Yes, I, I do think... Uh, I do think that if, if, if you have this, uh, it makes sense that um, you you can uh, you can eliminate risk in whether this is the right thing for you. So I do think that this is bound to happen uh, to many people in the emerging world now, where um, this deciding what to to get a degree on, and for some people even. Um, um, even a, uh, a Coursera or um, or a Skillshare um, subscription is a is a serious investment. Mm-hmm. So I think that just trying to find out if if it's good for you, like uh, with a with a shorter risk, uh, I, I think it, it will make all the difference in the world. Right. Yeah. That's uh, that's and that's very interesting. I mean, I'm I'm very much. I mean, I've been that you know kind of you know trying by doing and also i mean i've very much been i mean uh, from the just intro there it probably sounds insane to some people <laughs> why would you why would you do that but it's exactly as you say um you you learn also what you don't want to do by by trying things out so, so that's you know c- couldn't agree more there uh, but another component which i think makes this very interesting is, is that the fact that well, another things i see uh, and, and, and I'm, I'm not an advocate of this uh, position myself, but what, one of the things I see is that uh, tying this, this kind of democratization of design tools, developing nations to the kind of emerging or maybe blossoming uh, gig economy of, of fiber, of Upwork, uh, where it's essentially a race to the bottom, where, where you outbid each other downwards to get the cheapest, you know, you to propose your, your services for the cheapest price. Um, some people argue that this is a form of kind of design emancipation that people in these in these countries are being taken advantage of because western companies are coming in or western employers or freelancers what it might be who 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 who, who then feed off these this kind of this urge or this drive and this this yeah yeah this opportunity for cheap labor uh, abroad so one of the things that came up when, when we when we spoke about this earlier were were really kind of the idea of the design proletariat is is the is this people this for example a young Indian guy who's got in the hands of a pirated Photoshop and is making his logo designs on on Fiverr is he a part of a more 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 or less global design proletariat where 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 they are at their kind of receiving end of, of Western. Um, and emancipatory, um, I don't know what to call it really, uh, but capitalists really who, who, who are opportunistic in nature and kind of taking advantage of what, what do you think? Well, this is, this is interesting. Like there is, uh, a certain, a certain idea that some people who used to command high prices for, um, for work that is, um, Production heavy, I would say. So I, I'll I'll clarify. So if if in the past um, uh, you were able to command high prices for your services just because you had access to the tools, not because you were highly skilled or you had uh, you had um, uh, 
you were not easily replaceable in your style or anything, anything like that. Um, and now you find yourself that these tools are more widely used. Uh, so you, you find time catching up. Uh, I, I do, I do believe there is this, uh, class of people. So they might have different, uh, different ideas and different, um, ways of seeing the problem and we can, uh, talk about them. But there's also the idea that, um, that, um, there is, there is some sort of, uh, low skill design labor to be done. And then, um, uh, what do we do with that? Do we outsource it? Is it ethical to outsource? Is it ethical, um, to, to work on, on, on that basis? Or is it, is it even, um, necessary for low skill design work to exist because back in the day, just because of the, uh, of the sheer difficulty of producing a result, uh, people were highly skilled, uh, in order to make it happen. Like, uh, you know, typesetting back in, in, uh, in the middle ages or uh, no, not the Renaissance or, you know, that, that, not the middle ages, but, uh, you know, after the invention of the, um, the, pr- the printing press, like, uh, typesetting was still highly skilled and typesetters were amazing craftsmen. So, um, does this mean that the invention of the typewriter or uh letter set uh like digital digital typesetting software like is it is it taking from these people it is should these people command higher prices for the work i'm not really sure yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a lot to kind of d- dissect there and look at. It's a lot of things going on. So, so I mean, essentially what, I, what I'm taking from, from what you're saying and plus my own thoughts is to draw an analogy to the fashion industry. For example, when I used to work as a menswear designer at H&M, I'm sitting at a nice office in Stockholm and making designs for jackets, T-shirts, whatnot, in Illustrator, making flat sketches, these uh, tech packs they're called where you lay out all the details. And you send it off to Bangladesh or oh. India. Because H&M has, uh, you know, because the low price of it, and that, that's a whole other sustainability issue, part of the part of why I left fashion. Uh, but then you send it off to, to a developing nation to put it together. So the design is, is made in, in, in Stockholm or wherever. They have other offices uh, for the other brands. But and then, you know, the kind of assembly line, you know, so, so to draw on to the analogy to kind of more design or logo or graphic or what we're talking about here, you know, you know, someone here in the West wants something done and then say on, send over the requests for, for the kind of menial manual labor to be done, uh, by, by, by these. So, so, so that's just one, one analogy I see there. And the former, the fashion one has gotten a lot of flack. Uh, I mean, a lot of, uh, a lot of, I mean, H&M has, I know they have, uh, yearly reports about, you know, they're visiting the factories to make sure it's good working conditions and, um, I suspect it's not the same for fiber employees. Um, I, I hope they, they, they're not, uh, as, as what do you say, impoverished uh, or, or exposed as some of these factory workers in Bangladesh, for example, who produce garments. So that's just one, one analogy there. So, so, uh, I, I see I'm a bubbling, um, kind of, um, uh, the bubbling opinions about this, both pro, pro, pro and con and, but it's, but it's interesting to look at it from a, kind of class class perspective and and see where how how this is going to go i 
I, I think the worst part of this, and again, now this is this is turning very much into um, uh, to to the politics of this. I think right. uh, for me, for me, the biggest uh, the biggest challenge I, I think is the um, the emergence of these uh, this middlemen uh, services like Upwork or Fiverr um, uh, who are just um, being there playing matchmaker and 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 pretty much taking uh, a large chunk of of this uh, of this profit model to uh, so they're um, they're both helping drive down prices for the uh, for the emerging economies, and at the same time, they're profiting from that. Um, I would love to see. I've worked. I've worked with with an Indian startup as I was an employee in one, and I know there's there's a big um, equivalent of Silicon Valley in uh, in um, uh, Bengaluru right now. And uh, I do think that how amazing would it be if uh, if emerging economies had more access uh, to uh, to the matchmaking process themselves? But I and and this is where um, you know sometimes we we pretend to be very sensitive here in the West, but I, I wouldn't think it would be uh, much easy for people to move. Uh, to the I don't know the Chinese version of Upwork in the same in the same way that mm-hmm. uh, you know um, Amazon is still stronger than Alibaba in in that regard. Uh, but but the other thing is is like do we do we really hmm, is it still the same type of work? Is it still is it still design that we're off off uh, off loading, or is it um, uh, design adjacent? I would say right. type of work because um, I have a for for example, this is where um, it gets it gets interesting. Like I have found the need for a virtual assistant at some point. I have this uh, this huge collection of um, design resources on my computer. Uh, that um, you know, there are mockups or backgrounds, uh, things that you know I find licenses for, or I buy, or some are free and stuff, uh, or I buy in huge um, uh, bundle. bundles. Yes, thank you. And I I don't know what sort of person to approach. Um, to help me sort it because I I cannot spend uh, the the few hours that I need to sort a, a thousand files into the you, you need like a design asset coordinator or something uh, yes like uh, imagine imagine that you have um, two thousand uh, packaging mockups right and you want a simple tagging of um, this is for food this is for coffee this is uh, this is a t-shirt like how uh, the, you need you need a person highly highly skilled in the design software to understand how uh, Adobe bridge might be working and 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 you need them to to have some sort of uh, you can't really trust um, an artificial intelligence to do this because mm-hmm. uh, you know they'll you need 
need a human uh, to do this. So the first idea is, is this really design work? Should I knock on a designer's uh, door uh, to, to help me sort this problem out? Or is it um, a virtual assistant type of piece? Uh, but, you know, the, the virtual assistant of an accountant might not be... Uh, uh, experienced enough with the design, with the design needs. Uh, so how do we, how do we sort this? Like how, um, I wouldn't, and, and this is, I would be very ashamed to ask designer friends to help me with that. Like I mm. cannot ask someone, Hey, could you do this mindless work for me for, for hours? So as it was a tricky one. I mean, I, I recognize that super much in myself. I mean, uh, kind of, well, I know I have a mock-up somewhere, but sometimes it just takes longer to find the right one uh, because I haven't sorted them properly than actually doing what I want to do with the mock-up. So right. I, I, that, that's definitely uh, uh, something, something you point out there. Um, yeah, most likely I'll, I'll go back to the internet and find it find it through yeah. search engines. Re-downloading it is, is quicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. Is that, is that a, you know, is there, is there something to be said here for some type of, of sorting tagging software that could make, I mean, it, or, or, or is this just, a, a, you know, are, are you, are we proposing something like a, like a design asset coordinator? Is that a title? I just made it up. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's work like this where, where you need, um, you need uh, design sensitivities without needing design input. I, I think this is where, mm, where yeah, it's tricky. Like, I've never had an intern. I've never been an intern. So I don't know if this is the type of work interns do when they're, un, uh, when they're just starting out and they're doing their work experience or anything like that. Uh, if this is the type of uh, menial work that gets you on the design track. I wouldn't think so. Like, I don't think, I, I do think that when, when you hire a design intern, when you're a junior designer, you are still trying to do the work, like the, the real design work that uh, the uh, business approaches. So the question is, is it just that now that we have the opportunity to hire people, um, for uh, for uh, low amounts of money, basically for low wages or uh, compensation, is it is it just that we pretend it's design? We say it's design when it's it's really not. It's just right. uh, data entry or just other. Right. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, an interesting one because it's also it's fundamentally I think connected to where we're kind of AI is going, artificial intelligence, and and you know so you just take something like Canva for example, looking more like maybe maybe logo or graphic, but you know you could suggest that that's also like a menial kind of output in a way. I mean, just auto generating uh, logos and uh, whatnot, uh, dra drag and drop ready made archives. Well, what's the other one? Um, it's another one that kind of escapes me, uh, but it's even you know browser-based mockups where you can just drag and drop uh, this mockup. I, I can't remember the site right now, but it's it's there. And kind of what also you know Adobe Sensei is doing, uh, you know, their kind of artificial intelligence push where just you know 
really, really, uh, you know, people can check it out for themselves. It's, it's not released yet, but they're, they're working on it. It's some pretty mind blowing stuff, you know, where you can replace, you know, backgrounds in, in, in Adobe After Effects like that, you know, on moving footage. And, and it's just, you know, it's, it's basically all those tools in Photoshop for stills that, you know, kind of all, all auto object selection, other stuff, but for, for video as well. And it's, it's pretty, pretty mind blowing stuff. So you could, you could ask yourself where mm-hmm. I, I, again, going back to the kind of idea of the design proletariat here, are they on the kind of receiving end of artificial intelligence as well? Because now we're, we're we've equipped them with this software and, and somewhat affordable hardware and they're doing these tasks now, I mean, on fiber up work or stuff, but you, uh, you might see a future where those tasks, uh, somewhat rapidly will become redundant. I mean, at least that a human performs some of these tasks. So that's a, that's a challenge there. But I, I personally think that maybe the, the key to all of this is education somewhere. I mean, bringing up the kind of level of design work internationally, globally, to involve some of those more intricate pieces that do require human a human kind of output. I mean, in terms of actually using your brain in, in, in a sense that we talk like strategy and branding and stuff like symbolism and weaving in some of these more kind of uh, ethereal or, 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 or meaningful, you could call them, aspects of design. So that's something we talked about also. Uh, and to be honest, I, I don't know the state of design design in all of, all of these countries, but you could just, you could just kind of, um, suggest that, you know, uh, a push for more design education or even making it a, a viable, viable career path. I mean, I'm not saying everyone, every, all parents in, in the West think that, you know, being a designer is a great choice. I mean, my, my obviously did and, and, and yours wasn't too, too opposed to, but you, you commonly hear this thing that that's not a real job uh, or that's not a good career. Um, what, what do you think? Well, it's it's interesting. Like I, I do think I, I, I do think education plays a role, and uh, definitely with um, with the uh, increasing approachability of of the tools, it's definitely going to be uh, easier to to train people uh, in in doing these things. Like even even if even if you calculate the overhead costs of uh, equipping a design uh, university at some point with you know uh, software licenses or computers like as this becomes cheaper there's going to be more um, more spaces available for people which is I, I think is a step in the right direction even uh, even if I think design education is really off track and uh, that's material right. for- that's actually probably a future episode as well yeah. uh, it's enough to unpack on its own there yeah precisely but I, I do think that in 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 the general sense I, I don't think where the where the trend is now um, in what we're seeing is 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 a reason to believe education is going to is going to be improved, and these people are going to uh, quote unquote graduate into becoming junior designers. I think in the West um, we have we have seen this for uh, for years with um, call centers and uh, IT support and customer uh, yeah. customer uh, relations. I don't think that we've seen a rise in a, in a huge class of managers uh, in um, in the the cheap labor countries 
um, as a result of it. Like when we could outsource um, people picking up the phone and, and giving basic instructions, that doesn't mean that we create the huge class of engineers. Like this, this didn't correlate. So I, I do think that we're... We're not we're not trying to find junior designers. We're trying to offload obstacles uh, between us and the work, um, whatever this might be. And this is this is why I said like, is this really the design bit? Um, right. uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, go, going back to an earlier distinction we've talked about, I mean, doing kind of designing and being a designer, or, mm-hmm. or being taught design, or being taught to be a designer. So, so this would. Yeah, am, am I correct in kind of seeing that you they're, they're more doing design, but they're not essentially becoming designers by doing the type of work? Yeah, not, not even that. Not even doing design. I, I think I think they're helping designers here right. in in the the most advanced economies. Uh, but basically, sort of glorified intern in a way, or, or yes, yes, uh, pretty much. Well, and 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 this is where it gets it gets complicated with the older castes of uh, and classes of designers where, um, where this was highly skilled, highly, um, uh, highly involved work. I, I think that there is, there is a big distinction between uh, design and production. Um, uh, what, is, what is in the mind's eye and what is uh what is what needs to be done to produce uh the thing in the design's eye i have a huge respect for craftspeople but i do think uh that they should be uh like craftsmanship has to be evolving alongside the evolution of the tools that we have like we can't be complaining uh that you know um uh, computers render uh, graphics too fast now, or uh, that you know it's easier to make a gradient, uh, or we you know we have unlimited layers. While Photoshop version one had just one, and you had to be crafty with it. Amazing, and definitely, I, I have a huge respect for people who know how to uh, handle these things. But on the other on the other hand, I think back then there was a distance between what you wanted to see on the paper. And and yourself, mm. that the distance was longer, maybe, or uh, that distance or... was the craft, mm. and it still is. So, what is like the the distance is the same? Is just now that we have faster tools, faster um, approaches, different, easier things to do. We have an obligation to our work for our for our work to be more involved and more deliberate and more uh, substantial. Like, um, I'll give you an example. Uh, I have, have really old books that are um, horribly typeset. Like, and, and you could tell, like, there's physical, uh, physical challenges, like probably being uh, manually set. And you can see this in, in very very involved um uh you know very prestigious work of um you know uh, especially in the 1800s like you might see uh, a, a newton uh manuscript being horribly typeset and mm-hmm. this is very understandable 
But the thing is, like, can the the point is that now with with our new tools, we cannot afford to be as sloppy um, as our four uh, forefathers in 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 production were. So I think that the the, the new opportunities make a, a sort of an obligation uh, uh, to us to be uh, to be more involved, and this is this is I think mm. what we we face every day. Um, was that yeah, I mean, that, 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 uh, yeah, it's really interesting. That kind of just put put my mind in a, in a many many different directions there, um, because I, I think it relates even to us a designer in, in, in the West, or whatever you want to say, where, where we are in London. Uh, I can kind of see. I mean, both in the general field and in my field, kind of product design, UX design as well. You can kind of hint at two paths generally where, where you can take your career. You can either become kind of the craft specialist. Uh, and by that, I mean, maybe you are super good in Sketch or Adobe XD Figma and you have another upskill to that. Maybe you're very, very good in Blender or Cinema 4D and kind of, you know, they have, you have a 3D thing going, which is very popular right now. But they're, then you're very much like a craftsperson. Then the other route is kind of the, the more conceptual kind of thinking route, the more kind of where, where you might be. For, for product design, you might be very, very good at understanding growth or brand strategy or... or um, Adoption. It, might, it could be many things. There's, there's even such, such things as growth designers now in the, in the digital space. Um, and I mean, I mean, this kind of. I remember I saw uh, the. We're both so worth mentioning. We're both kind of fans of the future. You've been in the pro group. I've been taking part of their content for a really long time as well. We actually met through a London meetup. Meetup for the for the future as a side tangent there. But I, back to the point. I, I saw an episode of the future on the YouTube channel a while ago about. The name escapes me, but this guy charged, I think it was like, was it $10,000 a day or something for like basically uh, high level uh, strategic thinking. Mm -hmm. So to me, it seems like what's most valued in the design industry or even, even in the industry as in on the labor market, so to speak thinking what well, there are some echelons which are almost absurd i mean in terms of that that i don't know many people that can charge that amount but mm -hmm. obviously he, he has carved out a niche niche not niche <laughs> for himself um where he can command that 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 amount of money for thinking uh so so uh, you know, I, I see a, not a divide, but fundamentally different how craft and thinking are valued in the kind of modern modern economy. Uh, or, or do, do you have any thoughts? I do. Like, I, it's very weird because on the one hand, I, I, I love mind work. I, I really love it. Uh, but I think, I, I think there's, a, there's a certain amount of um of uh fetishization that we um mm. uh when when we use the word i get paid for thinking or paid for strategy or strategic thinking like this um this is a quick recipe right now uh for um for charging more which is uh which is one thing by itself um there are people there are people out there like um adam savage that i i deeply admire or even um even people at um you know dreamworks or uh pixar right they um the the emergence of new uh the emergence of new um tools i would say that hasn't um hasn't allowed them to stay 
uh, static. Like, you know, they're now doing much, much more uh, involved work just because uh, there are new opportunities to create and craft very highly detailed things. Like to, to make a Star Wars movie, there's thousands of people working with, um, you know, clay and models and explosions and lightsabers and sound design and all of this, um, you know, is still pushing the limit. The, the thing is like when people in the past couldn't do certain things because they had to work with physical models or uh, cardboard or, you know, um, uh, things like that. Uh, there are now people still pushing the limit of what can be done with the tools we have. Um, is this lesser work than the work of people who are, um, you know, consultants or doing uh, strategy? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I, I think what is what is going on is a big. Um, is it a trend? I mean, this kind of, that, that you, you, I mean, this kind of design thinking, not design thinking as the thing, but I mean, that's a trend on its own, but they, I don't know, they might be correlated. I mean, that you say I, it's I a do, I, I quick, do quick think, to charge more. Well, I, I do think that it's a trend. I, I, I think, I think there's a, a certain, um, uh, there's a certain access to, to some people to do that. I do think, I do think um, there is, there is a huge, uh, like the U.S. especially has a huge capacity of um, uh, spending exorbitant amounts of money in in, in things that uh, are not in the end that valuable. And we've seen. Uh, I'm old enough to remember the dot com bubble, right. and I do remember people uh, getting paid to think uh, in in quotes. Uh, back then too, like being uh, digital web uh, web consultants, or uh, I'll get your business to the world wide web, and, and all yeah. that. And I do remember the crash and and how people felt by it. So um, that doesn't mean that you know uh, businesses like Google or businesses like um, um, Yahoo didn't stay strong. Uh, for almost a decade after the bubble, um, so that that the the but there's definitely an inflation of of uh, of its real uh, its real impact in our world right now. I do foresee a future where uh, a future with a knee um, where things. Uh, like when when content marketing starts to die out, uh, lots of these people are going to have a serious challenge in in, in selling their services. But that right. doesn't again. I, I don't want to say that what is happening with uh, with uh, cheap tools right now is the antidote. Like I do think that we need to be pushing the boundaries, and uh, so sloppy work. Sloppy work is not the the solution for sure. Sure, sure. I mean, I I totally agree there. I I think for myself uh, as well. If I you know go back to the two paths, I think I want to become something of the in the middle. Uh, Not not to say a generalist, but I I do enjoy the crafty parts of design as well. I mean, they, they really you know 
pushing around squares on an eight pixel grid and making things beautiful and fit and, you know, negative white space, all, all these things. But, but I do love the, the kind of the strategic thing as well and thinking how this fits into a bigger context and thinking about things, competitors, how do we grow fast and all these things. So personally, I think for me, that's somewhere I think I want to land on, on my professional career. And, and I mean, also the crafting, I think this ties back to a, an interesting parallel here within with actually with magic. So it, you, just for, for listeners, you know, so the kind of esoteric part of magic, which is essentially, um, you know, I think Merriam-Webster or something, the Oxford Dictionary has it something like uh, making things appear or happen through the, through supernatural uh, abilities or supposedly supernatural abilities because I mean a lot of things we today call science or that the old hermeticists or al- alchemists were doing it was actually you know scientific to some degree or philosophical even um, so 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 for me actually I think of design as a form of magic in the sense that magic is willing something into existence that doesn't that doesn't exist yet and it's part of your mind's eye and then it, it becomes real. And, and, you know, a, a lot of things that we talk about, you know, uh, um, everything from a Disney movie to everything is kind of magical in a way that, you know, it's not uncommon that you describe it as magical where, where that kind of word comes from. But going back to the kind of esoteric part, well, one of my favorites is from a, from a Swedish kind of esoteric society, but one, one of their uh, kind of um, axioms were visio vires actio in the Latin, which, which means vision, will, action. And that's something that's kind of, I think that sums up almost design in a way. I mean, you have a vision, you have a will to make it happen, and then you have to put in the action. And all that really is ties into craft. That, that, that was a weird, a weird side tangent, but that uh, I just just had. It's really quite interesting. Absolutely. And this is, this is where, this is where I see the real clash of the, the different, uh, the different design class, um, um, uh, the design class is basically clashing, uh, in the digital space is precisely that. I, I feel that, um, um, all of our work is, is, Pretty much making something on our mind's eye and then trying uh, trying to deliver this. I think what is happening right now is um, is a big challenge. On uh, there are there are many people with um, very elementary things in their mind's eye that they have a high, uh, but they have a high clarity on what they look like and and how to produce them. And there's there's um, there there are people with more advanced uh, more advanced um, ideas in their mind's eye, but uh, they're more blurry. Uh, they're they're it's hard, they're they're harder to reach and they're harder to uh, to produce in that sense. So I I think that this is where um, this is where the the big uh, clash and the big um, uh, Contradictory in uh, yeah. the the, dig, the digital uh, comment uh, fights are uh, the comment uh, flames are um, are waged. I I, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean that, that that's also interesting because uh, it made me think of the, if we see this kind of divide or not divide, but this this different designers emerging, the, the crafter versus the thinker. Uh, so to speak, you could wonder then starting off where we're going back to where we start off with uh, the democratization, democratization of design tools. Is the emergence of the design thinker, as in like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting paid for think for thinking, 
is that a result of the kind of saturation of the sign tools in the sense that the floodgates were kind of over time, they were, they were wide open. You know, so many people got who didn't have access to these tools before got access to them and started doing sort of the same work as a lot of these other people. So you could, you could think or hypothesize around that. Okay. A lot of these people who used to charge for design output, how do I keep myself competitive? How do I, well, I mean, where, where does that trend come from is what I'm thinking of. I'm, I'm wondering if there's a correlation here that, you know, democratization, democratization slash saturation of design tool access has somehow had to do anything with the emergence of the design thinker. Do you, have no. you, have you, have you ever watched Mad Men? Oh yeah. The entire series. Okay, that's that's cool. So, um, so there is there is this uh, scene in in one of the first few episodes, I think, of the first uh, the first season, where they speak about um, uh, the lucky strike, uh, the lucky strike branding and campaign, and what they're going to do about it because uh, there are increasingly um, uh, health concerns around smoking. Um, so Don Draper, the protagonist of the series. Suggest the, uh, that um, the uh, the the motto should be it's toasted, um, and one of the executives of of the business says, "Yeah, but that's that's not really different. Like every everybody's cigarettes are toasted. Like everybody toasts their tobacco, uh, but this um, this didn't matter. Like just just th- saying the words like lucky strikes." It's toasted. It, it actually helped them. Um, the way they presented it uh, was was uh, as if um, they were unique in toasting the tobacco leaves before doing this. I think design thinking is the same. Like, I I wouldn't trust any designer um, that isn't into design thinking. I don't, so it's just a matter of signaling whether, whether you, you think it's important to stay to your marketplace or your community, uh, that you're a big picture thinker, that, you know, you, you think about the audience that you think, um, um, about, uh, about, uh, the market. I, this is, this is where, um, this is where it gets interesting. Like, I do think that, um, as we go back to to the uh, the, the idea of uh, of the um, uh, the future and what Christo uh, suggests, I think that is such a powerful idea that it should be very uh, very obvious and very uh, universally accepted really quick. In the same way that user experience has overtaken, um, you know, the words digital design now. Uh, because user experience is such a powerful idea that it will become universally accepted really mm. soon. So the, yeah, question, yeah. the question is, is do it, 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 it's, it's like having a restaurant and uh, advertising your uh, filtered tap water or, um, you know, I, I do think that um, it, for me, it's just, uh, what is happening right now is um, is just a stream of people uh, signaling a certain trend uh, in order to in order to gain more clients, and that works. Uh, so 
I think it's just picking it, it, the um, the process is the same. I think just some people are picking better words um, to sell their services. I don't I don't think there's more design thinking now uh, than it uh, in the world than there was before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That makes you makes you think. Well, I mean, I, essentially, is it just a a branding thing for designers to brand themselves. But yeah, but do, do you think do you think it could have emerged from? I wouldn't say a dichotomy, but a the fact that the the tools were so accessible. So so we had to figure we they some people <laughs> the one who wanted to brand themselves this way. We had to figure something out to to stand out. Do you, do you think there's something there? Or? Oh, this is very interesting. Yesterday I had this conversation and, and this again is, is a, is a matter of, is a matter of the community, of course, and, and the market you're working in. Uh, yesterday I had the conversation, um, with, um, with some people from the Greek design, uh, um, uh, the Greek graphics design association, uh, that is not defunct. Um, but I come from a, a country small enough and um, that uh, most of the design community was um, it was uh, a sort of very I don't want to say local but very well connected. Like um, you can put a name and a face, uh, you know, for uh, everyone. So there was a there was a kind of um, of uh, expectations that we perpetuated with with our social and our business interactions as designers that, um, you know, if, if a certain designer was unethical, there was, uh, and they, they were sloppy or bad or anything like that, there was a reputation system uh, that sort of protected clients from horrible cases. What I do think is happening is people, people in the U.S. might have more opportunities to get access to... Uh, to bad practices uh, in such a way that uh, just explaining uh, that you're not uh, you're not horrible um, is is uh, actually makes a difference. Like I, I think it's a, it's a matter of the market, like how uh, how tempting it is in the U.S. perhaps um, to uh, to get connected with a bad designer or, you know, a uh, person who doesn't know what they're doing. Uh, well, uh, for example, here in the UK, reputations fly so high that I would never think that you could, uh, you could have the sort of nightmare, uh, nightmare designer stories that people elsewhere in the world might have. Does right. this make does this make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's it's a fundamental kind of you know. I mean, obviously, the Greek example had was kind of word of mouth thing where where you know, uh, bad design is outed in a in a in a more efficient way than than for example the US or so. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's very, very, very interesting. Um, yeah, it makes me think a, a lot of things. I think one interesting kind of side not side side tangent but but in in the sense of like how we think about design was actually i was at a, a lecture the last year uh, general assembly uh where, where i also studied um and i had a, a lecturer who who proposed that like think like a slide and it's just like a sentence on the slide which says why do we design question mark we don't next slide we solve problems it's just it happens to be through design Right. So, so going back to the thing where this 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 kind of 
we're problem solvers. We're not designers. You, 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 you even see that, at least within the digital space a lot, that people are even not very prone to use the word designer. Um, but, but because we're, we're actually so, because it kind of, I guess for them or for some people hints to a menial output, I push pixels kind of a thing, but no, no, that's not at all what we're doing. We're, we're thinkers, we're imaginators, we're innovators. So all, all these, all these things. Uh, so, so yeah, that's a, it's a lot to, to think. Maybe that's an episode on its own probably. Yeah, I, I think, and, and this is where like, so I, I'll give you an example. Like there's, um, it has it has been more relevant to me because uh, I I come from a I, I come from a practice which is really really um, demanding and this is mathematics so design has never looked so complicated to me to be hundred percent honest um, like um, I I've come across uh, many. Uh, many horror stories where, uh, you know, the the designers didn't know, you know, how to uh, how to work with graphics um, in CMYK versus RGB and what was the best opportunity and things like that. I think there, are in 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 my society in my market that I've been living in, the filter catches like these sort of mistakes really early like this happens um this happens even if you're self-taught um that you don't have to go to design school to be that competent and i think access to um perhaps perhaps the what you what we were discussing in the beginning like the the new access to cheap labor is making design thinking a good selling point, a unique selling point, because now yeah. you're flooding the market with um, with more people that don't have design thinking uh, and selling the set themselves as designer. But I, I, I think it's um, is a dilution of of the market with uh, uh, with that rather than anything else. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would definitely attest to that as well. There's a, there's a lot of lot of thinking going on, but it's not always so good output in the end. So you could wonder, you know, what what it's what, yeah, what's the <laughs> what did we end up with after all this thinking? Um, sometimes. Yeah, I think perhaps it has it has a lot to do with the with the um, with the societies we're exposed. I I suppose like I wouldn't. I wouldn't believe I know a single designer who doesn't know uh, how to prepare a file for printing. Uh, but I'm probably in the, like, I'm not in every circle and I'm not in every market. And I, I'm pretty sure there are some out there who don't. Um, but what I'm saying is like, uh, it, it has a lot to do. Um, I, I don't think in the UK, for example, which is highly involved and there's amazing, um, uh, amazing uh, work done uh, by even the smallest of, of uh, agencies uh, that you can say with, with confidence that, you know, design thinking is a, is a unique selling point. Like I, I think it's pretty much evident. 
Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that's true. That's true, actually. I mean, uh, just looking at, again, my, my own industry where I am right now to another other example, you have the, so I wouldn't say a schism, but it's an it's a, it's a evolution of, so we started out with UX designer, then it became UX UI designer because you needed to know both because it's becoming increasingly competitive because more people were flooding to this field because of opportunities, because of salaries, because of tech basically being the, I mean, tech is eating the world, right? Um, uh, and then from UX UI, it became even now the latest product designer, which is even more, you know, also just evident your products are well, obviously digital products because that's what it's all about. And who cares about, you know, other products, but, but that's what you typically mean when you, when you say product designer today, or if you do a LinkedIn search, that's going to be a Spotify or Google or whatever it is. So 2018 sometime, uh, I think, uh, Jonathan Courtney at, at AGM Smart has a good video about this, but they talk about where, when Twitter... Instagram and I think Facebook stopped hiring you stopped hiring UX designers in, in the US in Silicon Valley and started hiring product designers and then the whole world and the whole industry kind of follows suit because the product designer title kind of hints at something way more holistic way more horizontal uh, in, in the terms of scope because you have to think about some of the stuff I mentioned branding growth adoption uh, it's a lot more strategic and and and, and uh, but, but with a design kind of output as well in there. So it's it's more and more things are getting put into. I mean, all of the other stuff UX. Right, that's just the baseline. Right. That used to be a USP. I mean, UX used to be you know the shit. 2011, 12. That was like if you were a UX designer, you could you know get hired anywhere almost and <laughs> command a very high salary. Now the barrier of entry is constantly being being uh, being um, higher and harder to, to get in. You need to know more things. Um, probably because, you know, products and it's, yeah, but digital products are becoming more, more complicated and uh, hence, hence the, 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 the title uh, becomes as well. Yeah. So there's, there's one more uh, small tangent that uh, I think we need to discuss in this mm. and, and is um, not, not the, the design proletariat, but the actual access to the client uh, mm. so the client directly have uh, access to new tools and new opportunities to do things themselves. How do you feel about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, I think, for example, I know the design. Uh, you call them an AI, probably call them an agency, a fantasy. If you're familiar with their with their work, there are a lot of a lot of cool work there. The future recently uh, featured a very talented guy, Pontus Velgraf. There, uh, he does amazing work. Check him out on YouTube. I want to plug him because he's really good. Anyway, they they pride themselves of hiring from all over the world. Even though they they started out, they have a, they have offices in, in in the UK. They might have in London actually. I'm not sure. Um, but but yeah, they're huge. They you know work for some of the biggest brands in the world. But they have designers in Russia and you know all over the place. So they very much proud of themselves even before this whole kind of remote work you know post pandemic or middle of pandemic thing uh, before even that emerged so i think there are companies that are because i mean it is essentially not only looking in the us if you're a us company you you kind of live in this three million people in the us but sure everyone is not a designer and everyone is not a good designer so, so it does open up the whole world where you might find, you know, very specialized people in terms of craft, in terms of thinking in both maybe. Uh, so, so I, I mean, as you say, that was, the will needs to come somewhere where those opportunities are from. And I do think that companies like fantasy are doing the right thing, both for the, both for the developing world and, and, and for them in the end. As Then the question is just how do we get the, 
design proletariat up to the level that they are employable by some of these companies that they, I mean, that they are, that they are, what do you say, enabled or empowered to, to do work, uh, that isn't just this, when you had a good word for it, this, this menial, uh, design output type of work where it involves some of these more things. Easily easily replaceable. I think this is, this is where, um, this is where it may, the sense and uh, replaceability is what drives prices down i think uh, yes in, yes. in, in economics and such but uh, how how do you feel about um how do you feel about clients having access to canva uh, directly mm-hmm. or to other sort of um uh, either um either template based or um just uh, opportunities to play. Uh, you mean this kind of i can do it myself as a, yes. as a client. yeah yeah I, I think i think that uh there's obvious problems with that i mean yeah you, just because you have have a hammer you don't necessarily know how to how to put, put together a nice and workable bench or chair or whatever so, so i mean the tool is just one one thing no, not the one thing that that's a, that's a book, but <laughs> the tool is just one one part of the whole the whole thing. Uh, so so I to be honest, the results I've seen from I can do it myself, or, or because that also has to do with the, the clients. You know, bless them, but they don't always, or a lot of times, don't always. They, they, they really pick the best option in, in R as designers when, when you when you present them with options, but and, and they don't have the level of seeing because they're usually not educated. They don't understand uh, white space typography. They don't understand. So they by them doing them themselves, you know, I, I'm not a carpenter. So me, if I have yeah, I can put together a bench. Well, yeah, it might be a bench in a definition sense of a bench, but it won't be a very good bench. Mm. But because I don't possess the craft so in a way that the client might possess the thinking actually they might know their business in and out how to drive growth how to do a lot of things but they don't have the level of designer knowledge there that the kind of you know mind's eye to the, they might not even have the mind's eye to start with even if they do there's a long gap to bridge mm. to get it out you know to to, to have the, the will the, the vision will action kind of thing that i talked about earlier um so so, so yeah yeah I, I bet you have some some interesting examples as well where clients do you know well, i am I'm, I'm actually and and this is where it, it it gets it gets interesting like first first of all i as as a small business owner i, I do think um I, I do think that there is a specific uh, the spe- a specific amount of value that you can you can uh, put in everything, and for for some businesses, um, I'm pretty sure they could get pretty far with um, you know a very cheap or free uh, option out there sometimes. Um, so I would definitely recommend any any accountant. Uh, for for the first couple of years, um, you know, to have a um, yeah, and about a market, there's so many. Yeah, uh, like right. Uh, uh, what I mean to say is, like, if if you're a, an accountant, you can get by for the first couple of years of your business with uh, with a stock logo that you bought for twenty uh, for twenty pounds, and and uh, you'll pretty much be all right. I, I think there's a business case for everything. Um, would you benefit from brand differentiation? Absolutely. Would you benefit uh, half of your year's earnings necessarily? Uh, no. Uh, so this is this is where it gets, um, you know, I, I, I find it very interesting. Like um, there is 
when 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 you want to build a hen house, uh, you don't necessarily hire an architect to do it, even though they would make a, a terrific job. Right. Um, uh, so you, but you I, mean it's sort of a threshold where, where there's like, like a cost-benefit analysis for an, an accountant? I, I think in in every single in every yeah. single business choice, there should be a cost-benefit analysis. Like everything is better if if uh, if uh, direct um, return in investment is not. Uh, is not calculated like every uh, I'm uh, it would be much uh, much more efficient to have someone cook to me every day so uh, I would have more time to uh, more time to focus on my business and you know there are certain things that you, know, you have to um, you, you have to have a um, that type of analysis and it's I do think it's it's the same for our work I don't think it's exempt for, from that even though um, you know, a semi-competent designer is going to be, uh, you know, delivering better work than the most competent client. Uh, but amen. And and I do think you're trying actually to do something with with symbol on branding that is that is interesting because you're trying you're kind of bridging the gap in a way between craft and thinking in a way that you it's not as much thinking as is meaning right if or or, or uh, purposefulness or or. Um, I'm searching for good words. You can probably describe your own your own brand and business better than I do, but I, I see a correlation here. Um. Oh, I'm not sure. Uh, I do think, and that was what I was about to say. That as designers, we can help. Uh, we can help non-designers uh, with um, uh, pretty much filtering their options behind the scenes. So Canva is good where, um, you know, an accomplished designer would be able to make great work with Microsoft Paint. Uh, but Canva, in the way that it's engineered, for example, it has some, it put, it places some limits uh, decided by designers. Uh, yeah when yeah. the software was originally programmed. So now that clients, they, they only have um, a handful of options basically uh, to work from. So one thing that I, I never understand, for example, um, is in Adobe software, um, why isn't uh, optical, optical character kerning the default? Like most people who don't know and they're using a semi- uh, semi-appropriate um, um, uh, typeface, like the the automatic kerning is uh, is really bad. So most of the times, just switching to optical optical kerning is uh, is solving the problem. Obviously, if if you know what you're doing, there are other things uh, to do as well. But my my point is, why? Uh, why do we allow users to like why don't we push users who don't know what they're doing to have some fairly safe options and i think this is this is going to be the evolution of uh mm-hmm. of the design tools in in the future like um uh, you can still have high customizability if you if you know you're looking for good kerning you could go to the the kerning options and and switch things up but at the same time if you don't know what you're doing the default um should be the most visually appealing uh thing in in, in most cases um I, I think this is where this is where i'd love to uh, and i don't feel we're far away from it um perhaps we'll see it in our lifetimes, 
that um, uh, the idea of the artificial intelligence that just designs the thing as as you tell it to, and this is going to be a series of a series of decisions by uh, real designers that have coded uh, coded the the software that way. But um, you know, you can and. Soon, this might be like soon, like in two hundred years. I don't know. It might be even in in virtual reality. Uh, like you close your eyes, you imagine a house, and it's the most generic house uh, possible. And then you say it's a brick house. So now it's a brick house and mm-hmm. has a red door, and uh, the AI just just makes the thing for you uh, as 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 you're giving it input. Would it would it would it diminish the value of the work that we do? I don't think so. Like I, even even with a, the most highly realistic uh, speed of thought type of um, type of tools, there's still uh, decisions that, as designers, we're going to be making more than the clients. So a client might think, "I need a I need a square with an arrow on it," and that's going to be. Uh, that's that's going to be enough. But as a designer, you make more decisions about you know certain things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a staggering uh, look into the future. There, I mean, I and I do think Adobe Sensei did that. You know, instead of having to spend X amount of hours removing a background or whatever it is, you you just you know the 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 the, the divide between like vision and, and output is is going to be a lot lot smaller, and that's gonna that's gonna be the the future in some way. Yeah, but this is it. Like, I do think that we can uh, we can help non-designers make better choices as as we go. Like, a million percent, a client with uh, a client with no des- with with no de- designer involved, a client with Canva versus um, a client with Microsoft Word. Uh, like there, yeah, there's still going to be staggering differences. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, because there's something to be said about restrictions. I mean, in terms, I mean, in terms of anyone opening with no domain knowledge of design or Adobe Photoshop, they're you know they're they're blinded by options, right? You have no idea where you start. While someone can pick up Canva and run with it fairly quickly. Um, so, so you know, they're, they're very much for different audiences. So, yeah, something to be said for that. We haven't exhausted the topic, but we oh, no. are pretty much uh, gone. It's a good run. It's a good run. For sure, we we, we touch some pretty interesting stuff, and uh, I think especially design education is going to be something we return to. I, I definitely want to to do design education as well. So I think I think this should be our next uh, our next topic yeah. just to keep people um, involved. Um, this was Design Alchemy. I'm I'm Dimi, and I'm Billy. And uh, if you like this episode, please subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends, um, join our newsletter for uh, any news uh, regarding, regarding Design Alchemy. Thank you so much for listening in. And see you next time, hopefully. Bye-bye.